1: What's going on, Bears fans? Sports betting season is in full force right now, especially with the NFL playoffs beginning next week. And that means you need a sportsbook with integrity and longevity like BetUS. BetUS have been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for nearly three decades, thriving and paying you, the loyal customer. What's great about BetUS is they have loads of bonuses. So join now at BetUS.com today and receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using code Chicago 125. BetUS has all your NFL games with team and player props and loads of NFL futures and odds. In addition to the NFL, you can bet on UFC matches, the NBA, and more. So follow my lead and get your phone, online, and social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. Cash on your 125% sign-up bonus at BetUS.com with our code Chicago125. BetUS. You bet.
2: Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible, our final Chicago Bears preview show of the season. It hasn't been the year that we were hoping for, and even though plenty of us Bears fans were looking forward to some changes this offseason, this Sunday will be our last time watching our favorite football team for eight long months. So I don't know about you, but I'm going to at least try to enjoy it. And I'm your host Will and it feels good to be back behind the mic after some time away on what I'm going to call a paternity leave, which it was. I don't know why I had to frame it in that light. Nick and Mason, I just want to you know, just thank you both so much for navigating the ship. Uh, while I was on break, I really appreciate you both stepping up. Uh, there's so much just peace of mind knowing you know I have a rock star crew kind of holding down the fort, uh, allowing me to place my focus uh, on this baby for his first couple months, uh, being the best father and husband that I can at this time. So you both are just super awesome, and thank you. And are you excited for this final game preview of the season?
1: <laughs> that's a question Will. are we excited it's the last bears game so uh you know i know as soon as it's over each one of us all bears fans even though they're eager for the season to be over with we don't want bears football back as much it's painstaking as it is to watch them we will we'll want it back but i think i am excited but it's good to just have you back will it really is good to have you back in the the hosting chair and yeah this is the final final preview show so
2: it seems fitting I'm working on my butt groove again. Uh, Simpsons Mm -hmm. reference of Homer trying to, you know, get that back. Haven't sat in this chair really all too often in the past few months. I know I have a lot of catching up to do. So uh, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Happy birthday to (laughs) Nick. Merry Christmas. Uh, Happy New Year to you both. And Mason, I just want to wish you a happy uh, anniversary. Uh, I think your first appearance on the podcast was just over uh, a year ago, almost to the day. So I think that covers almost everything I've missed. So let me see. Uh, the last time I hosted a show was what? The loss to the Steelers? So I just want to know. You catch me up. What's happened since? We, I'm sure things got better. Uh, we didn't lose four out of five. Uh, we didn't end up winning two straight with two different quarterbacks. Uh, we haven't seen three different quarterbacks play. Uh, Fields development, I'm sure, is right on track. And now that the season's not going how I expected it to, I'm sure all the rookies are getting the experience and playing time that we would all would want uh, at this point of the season. Uh, everything's still rainbows and sunshine with this Bears team, right? right yeah
0: not not only that but you're also getting a large part of the fan base going saying you know oh like the the this team would have made the wild card if they'd only started andy dalton the entire time that you know starting justin fields was a entire mistake it's sunshine and rainbows when it comes to bears
2: land nothing's changed one bit huh Not at all. Not at all. It's been like
1: that the entire time.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm excited to jump in. And so let's start with our opening drive. And let's just kind of give a vibe check here on our perception of the Vikings. You know, a team that the Bears lost to, I think, 17-9, 17-9, to 9, uh, three weeks ago in Monday night football. I remember watching that with the baby in my arms. pretty the whole time walking him, pacing him around the bedroom, trying to get him to go to sleep. Uh, from what I remember from that game, uh, it was definitely a winnable one uh, without any question. Uh, the Bears offense, they were able to move the ball throughout, but really – what I've seen all too much this year is the Bears beating themselves. Uh, nine penalties, 91 yards, 2 of 12 on third down, 2 of 5 on fourth, and a damning 1 of 5 in the red zone. Uh, the offense being unable to kind of convert in those key situations is why they lost despite an entire backup secondary stepping in to kind of hold Kirk Cousins in that passing game in check. So when I'm looking at this Vikings team, I see another winnable game for the Bears if they can find a way to get out of their own way. Nick, what's your initial thoughts on the Vikings again, I know you guys talked about them uh, a few weeks ago. Has anything really changed? No. And
1: I think too, with the Minnesota Vikings, they, they're so rely heavily on, you know, two players in particular, it's Justin Jefferson, Dalvin cook, and rightfully so they're very good at what they do at their respective positions. But in that game, that first matchup too, Will, it was a turnovers that really killed the bears too. There were one where Justin Fields turns the ball over on the second possession, offensive possession, of the game. The possession after that, it's a David Montgomery fumble inside of the 10-yard line. So, And look, it was a 17-9 game, and the Bears took the very last play to score that touchdown for Jesper Horstad, the very last play. So they, again, like you said, kind of self-inflicted wounds, and that was something that the Bears talked about in that post-game press conference from that game. But we didn't see Kirk Cousins last in the last game that the Vikings played against the, the Green Bay Packers in primetime at Lambeau Field. So it is going to be a different matchup. But the Bears will have their starting secondary. And they did a pretty good job in that first matchup against Kirk Cousins.
2: Soldier Field? Lambeau Field? Did they play what? What I miss?
1: <laughs> Wait, what's going on? You said Kirk Lambeau Cousins, Field. Kirk Cousins
0: didn't play against the Packers.
1: Ah, yeah,
2: that's right. Uh, so Lambeau I'm making field. sure. Yeah, I heard so Lambeau. It was, it was I'm like, where'd we go to Green Bay? <laughs> yeah, it was, it it hearing was a different the wrong game. game? Yeah, okay. different
1: game. So I don't know if we're going to see, um, I guess, the you didn't see a lot of downfield shots from that Vikings team, obviously. I don't, I can't even remember the quarterback. I was playing, but it wasn't Kellen Mond who will know a lot of uh, Vikings fans were, you know, saying Kellen Mond's greater than Justin Fields. You couldn't even play this game. So just going to put that out there for any Vikings fans or Vikings people that will listen to this podcast.
2: There you go. Mason, how about you? Any quick thoughts on just a general outlook of what we're up against this week?
0: It's two teams that are kind of in similar boats, right? I mean, they're both out of the playoffs. Both of them head coaches on the hot seat. Uh, it just really boils down to have, have has one of the coaches lost the locker room? Are the players playing for anything in particular? Uh, because for whatever reason, you know, the Bears and Vikings always play relatively close together. It doesn't matter if it's like a bad Bears team against, in theory, a decent Vikings team. Uh, the, the this iteration of the Bears under Matt Nagy has always played well against the Vikings. We saw that on that Monday night game uh, at Soldier Field. You know, in theory, if you looked at it on paper, Bears shouldn't have been able to hang around with them at all because, you know, you were playing without your entire secondary. Uh, and, and that was it was a big shift there. You looked at the uh, second drive of the game for the Vikings, and, you know, it was that Justin Jefferson touchdown on Dion Bush where it looked like Bush got lost. And you thought it was going to snowball from there, but for whatever reason, Bears were able to hang around. And, yes, they made it look closer than it was in that last second just before it said touchdown. Um, but it, it definitely was not a blow up by any stretch of the imagination. So, again, this game is going to boil down to – who just who wants it who who wants to just make a statement win and who's or who's already on vacation or getting ready for a pro bowl appearance and wants to play some dodgeball
2: yeah that's uh that's a good way to explain it there mason let's kind of take a closer look at this game and we're going to keep things rather general uh we all discussed you know prior it doesn't make too much sense to dive into all the x's and o's for this pretty much meaningless season finale for two teams that have nothing but pride uh, to play for so let's Dive in first with this Chicago Bears offense, uh, which should be our last time seeing it with Matt Nagy in charge. It appeared earlier in the week, too, uh, that Justin Fields was trending towards playing, kind of up on the men uh, with that ankle injury. But earlier today, and uh, we're recording this on Thursday, uh, Fields was placed on the COVID list. So I believe he can play if he's asymptomatic. uh, And if he is showing symptoms, he will not be able to play. At least that's what you guys told me in a green room.
1: That sounds about right. And he has to take, I think may it's two tests, two negative tests to, to kind of also determine if he's able to play, but yeah, the, the NFL changed their rules to get players back on the field, but now we'll have to, we'll have to see what these next two days kind of hold for, for just fields.
0: Yeah. There's three ways you get a vaccinated player can return with, with the new protocols. They released a couple weeks ago, uh, two PCR tests that are negative. You could have one PCR test that's negative and a negative MESA test, uh, take within 24 hours of that pcr test or to negative mesa tests um but the problem is a lot of that really only boils down to if you are as you just said asymptomatic if you're a symptomatic individual pretty cut and dry it's going to be that those five days i mean they shortened it from the 10 though but still because it was a thursday means that he would be out uh and yeah that's that's the unfortunate news
2: Definitely, uh, unfortunate it's the perfect term for it. So, quarterback's kind of up in the air right now for the Bears. It could be Justin. Uh, I know Andy Dalton played last week uh, in a victory in the week before. Nick Foles winning a game, final seconds, 2 two-point conversion in the snow in Seattle. Who do you guys want to see under center? If, I know we also would say Justin, more than likely here. So, assuming he can't play, Dalton or Foles? How do you want to see the Matt Nagy era kind of come to a close? Nick? It's a good question. Um,
1: you know, it was the off when they got Nick Foles. That was their guy, right? That was Matt Nagy's guy, and I don't. Th- I think it ultimately will be Andy Dalton. But why not go with Nick Foles and see to close it out? Um, I, again, I don't think it will happen. They will probably will play just or Andy Dalton. But this is a guy that you you thought would be a good good guy to f- you know fit for your franchise. You traded to go get him, and then obviously Nick Foles has a season. They did in in twenty twenty so it didn't really work out. But yeah, I'd like to see Nick Foles. I just don't think it'll happen. But that's just again a slight preference. I don't have like, oh, we gotta put Nick Foles over Andy Dull. I really want to see Nick Foles. It's just a slight preference.
2: Alright, slight preference for Nick. How about you, Mason? Do you have a stronger preference?
1: I think I have a
0: stronger preference for Nick Foles. Uh and the reason I say that is he's I think it'll just be more fun to watch it's just going to be more of a yolo game is where nick is just going to you know whip it downfield as much as he wants plus it's kind of fun seeing him stumbling around when he tries to scramble <laughs> um and i just i think we get nick falls is a pretty honest guy and we've seen that now over the last couple two years here where whether it's on the sideline or even sometimes like from on the field to the sideline you can tell that he wears his emotions on his sleeves regarding the play calls and and what he wants and what he doesn't like so that part's gonna be interesting too and then honestly more importantly the seeing some of the young players that are going to be here next year i think having nick Foles out there is going to highlight them a little bit more because because he's going to attack downfield more we could see a little more uh pressure downfield to a darnell mooney uh to a cole Komet, and that's just way more interesting to me than seeing Andy Dalton check it down to Dave Montgomery 10 times where, I mean, yes, that's probably the better call, but I'm not, I'm not learning anything from that. I know Dave Montgomery can catch and get a three to four yard gain. I don't know. Can Cole Komet consistently catch a seam route? Like that's what I need to see.
2: Yeah. Really excellent points there, Mason. Uh, For me, I, I'm assuming we're going to see Andy Dalton. If this is the case, I don't really have a, a personal preference, Foles makes a lot of sense, as you guys mentioned, the ability or willingness to attack the ball downfield just a little bit, attack that defense. I know that's something Justin did very well against the Vikings a few weeks ago. He hit on a handful of passes for 20 or more yards, a couple more that went for at least 15. uh, So that aggressive mentality could show out a little bit more with Foles. Uh, and with the dinking and dunking, we're probably not doing ourselves much of a service. And again, that's not fun to watch in the finale. Kind of hope this team, you know, leaves it all out there to some degree. But I still wish we can see Field somehow, some way, if it can shake out, uh, have one more chance to get some more tape out there, get some more NFL game experience heading into his first full offseason, uh, entering his second year with the Bears here later in 2022. And Mason, you kind of brought it up earlier, uh, and I mentioned it on the top of the show too. We want to see some of these younger players get some playing time, and I know it baffles me and a lot of Bears fans that Maggie really isn't giving any of the rookies playing time, despite the playoffs being out of question. And I get it; you know, he's out, so what does he really care? It's a way to kind of you know stick it to the organization. He doesn't need to worry about next year, but man, for a guy that. You know, we've kind of called out his ego at times. This kind of, to me, just confirms it a, a little bit. The best thing for this franchise is to play guys like a Tevin Jenkins, a Daz Newsome, giving Herbert some more touches. And if you want to extend it to the defense, I know we're focusing offense, but Thomas Graham Jr., who played very well against the Vikings the last time out too. You know, all this experience that they could learn on, expedite their growth heading into their sophomore seasons. Put some, Like Justin, I said, put some tape out there so next year staff can use that. Uh, But for an organization, you know, that gave Nagy a chance that he floundered, I think it's the least that he could do. Um, But, you know, I'll digress here. Nick, should we expect to see some rookies?
1: You should expect to see them at some point in the game, but I just don't know if you're going to see them, then the number of reps that they should be getting like Tevin Jenkins is in question, right? We don't even know what his status is going to be going into this game. They've obviously favored Jason Peters in that role. And I can definitely see Matt Nagy going out last game with the Bears, still starting Jason Peters. It, the one good thing, I guess, you can look back to even the last week, Larry Boreham did start right over a face. So, hey, that's, you know, you can clap, I guess. That's one thing that, that's going in that favor. But the, And Mason's been talking about it all year. Like Khalil Herbert should be getting more of these reps and carries, not just because he was filling in for David Montgomery. They're still, they still haven't figured out how to kind of intertwine him into the offense. Every time he touches the ball, good things happen. So yep. you would think you'd want to see those guys. And look, Kairo's Tonga had more snaps on offense than Daz Newsom did. And that that's a problem, right, last week against the, the blowout victory against the Giants. So you want to see those guys out there. But given that it is Nagy and how he's already approached the situation in the weeks prior, this, this season, I don't think it's really going to be any different
2: in the season finale against the Vikings. Mason, anything you would like to add here?
0: If anything it, it almost feels to me like like Nagy feels like he owes something to the veterans. Like mm-hmm. to a Jason Peters who who was like, Hey, it's almost like thanks for taking time out of your fishing to come and get get back in condition and, and play a play a hard sport, you know, it's not easy. He's been he's been banged up, he's had to put his body on the line and from what it sounded like, he was basically doing uh, Castillo a favor <laughs> coming back for the most part. So it's like, Hey, you know, let's let me honor you, Jason Peters, by making sure you get what you, you need to out of this. Thanks for coming back. Um, I almost felt like that's what it was like for almost a Fetty in a way, where it was like, hey, we're playing your former team. Get you out there at right tackle, even though developing Borum would have been the right choice. So while that's that's nice, that's a nice guy naggy thing to do, you know, that's not the right football choice as as Will and, and, and Nick, you guys have highlighted. It's a shame. It, it is, uh, because I think it was Thomas Graham got four snaps i think last week something like that the main time i recognized him in the game was when he was gunner and caught a caught a punt and, and downed it which is ridiculous i mean he had he played well in the vikings game he you know showed up well after that initial touch of my dk back in the seahawks game and then you would want to just hey good job reward that and then they don't and it's just it's tiring it's exhausting and it makes you want to fast forward to black monday
2: Yeah, we're almost there for uh Five days away? Four days away? Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Four days away. There we go. (laughs) Needed to count uh, on my fingers there. So, guys, you know, it feels like yesterday, yet a lifetime ago, uh, that we watched Nagy and his offense kind of thrive in creative situations. All those fun uh, trick plays, right? Santa's sleigh to Bradley soul. Uh, We saw some remnants of that creative mindset again last week, you know, putting defensive players in the field. Nick, you just mentioned Tonga, a flea flicker. uh, Montgomery even got in there, involved in the passing game a bit. Do you expect that trend to continue this week? You know, will Nagy and this offense just kind of leave it all on the field come week 18 here? Uh, Mason, how about you? Do you ex- hope or expect to see any of that?
0: I would think so. I mean, if, if, if it were me, if I'm Nagy, I'm going out with a bang. And, you know, just like anyone else, like I want on my resume, because I mean, who knows what he's going to do next year, We're all expecting him to be like, oh, of course, is he going to take an offensive coordinator quarterback's position? Is he going to take time off like a Doug Peterson regardless? I still want to put the tape out for myself. I want to show that twenty eighteen is the coach I am, not you know twenty twenty or even arguably twenty twenty one. So why wouldn't you empty the playbook, all the fun stuff, reward your players for sticking with you as long as they did, for being positive with you as long as they did, plus show some of that creativity and ingenuity that you know did get us excited back in twenty eighteen if tonga doesn't get a carry i'll be upset i'm gonna be honest like (laughs) inside the five yard line you gotta hand it to the big guy and do the same play they did for akeem hicks back in 2018.
2: all right no i i hope so too and that's why i wanted to bring this up nick what are your i guess anticipations in regards to this
1: i think Nagy lets it all out there knowing that this is realistically his last game as the bears head coach and actually guys they the bears had a season finale against the vikings when was this? Back when Matt Barkley and Cameron Meredith were on the team. They ran the Philly Special on against the Vikings in that season finale. And so I really do expect the Bears and Matt Nagy Bill Lazor to game plan some, you know, creativity in this one. I've been wanting uh, an offensive lineman to catch a touchdown all season. Like will wait we've all been there. Alex Barr is number 64 is eligible. And I you know, I thought it would be la- I thought it would be last week and they got creative with the David Montgomery pass and didn't happen so I expect to see some of those things out there. In this last game, um, especially, well, I don't think the Bears are going to run away with this. But if they did, then you're definitely going to see more of those opportunistic kind of plays. But, yeah, for Matt Nagy, knowing that this is it, and he hasn't admitted to any of that, um, you know, earlier this week he denied reports that he'd be, that he's been told that he's going to be fired after this game, denied those reports. So, uh, again, we'll see what happens on Black Monday. But I do expect him to kind of go all out, leave it all out there. Maybe go back into the 2018 playbook if that still exists anywhere and pull some things out of there.
2: And I think Mark Helfert took it with him when he scapegoated him uh that off season. <laughs> Probably. that's that's what I'm working on a list for Black Monday. Like all the scapegoats that we had during the Ma- Nagy tenure. Oh, it's Helferts' fault. It was uh, he Harry He uh, Yeah, He stands fault and is going on and on and on. Oh, it's Mitch's Which, fault.
0: He just got a uh, hired again, right, as the Notre Dame offensive line coach.
2: Well, he went He's back. Okay?
0: Yeah, I think so. Good for That's him, nice. honestly. Yeah, yeah. I th- I thought he was always solid. I like you mm-hmm. said, I thought he was scapegoated because the run game isn't good enough.
2: Yep, uh, I I think there's a few of those uh, throughout the past couple of years when you look at things in hindsight. And again, well. Probably dive more into this on Black Monday, and I know he's denying, but uh, I feel like when it's getting picked up or where it's getting picked up and people who are saying it are saying it, it's more than likely true. Uh, so looking at this game, uh, I, I'm i going to let you guys have a, a choice here. You can either give me some keys to offense success or just players or things in general that you're just looking forward to or looking to or paying attention to uh, in this season finale. And I think for me, I just have a couple keys, uh, it's just, and I already kind of hit on what they did. Terribly last time, so it doesn't make, you know, it's not too hard to figure out. Just be better in third down, the red zone. Uh, you can't punt uh, or go for it, and every time you face a third down, you know, third down can't, should not, and can't be a death sentence. Uh, you can't sell for field goals or come up empty-handed every time you go inside the 20, and if they just come out swinging and just be average in those situations, like if they were average on Monday night a few weeks ago, they would have won the game. Uh, so that's all I really see as being true keys uh, for the Bears to so be succeed in offense, this week. How about you, Nick, any other keys or anything that you're looking to, or anything you're paying attention to?
1: I'll call this like valuing possessions. And that's specifically is for the offense. You look at the second half possessions against that Vikings team on Monday night football, it goes punt, punt, turnover on downs, turnover on downs, turnover on downs, touchdown. So you got to make use of the opportunities that you get, regardless of where the field position is, whether defense puts you in a good advantageous situation, or not and so we got to see regardless of if it's Andy Dalton, Nick Foles more, probably Andy Dolan that the Bears can actually make something out of those possessions they did a really good job of capitalizing on turnovers last week against the Giants scoring touchdowns on both of the turnovers they created early on in the game the Bears do create turnovers in this one can you capitalize them and just value those possessions that you have
2: Uh, A question that just came to mind, Nick, uh, if it is Andy Dalton, and this would be, I would presume, his final game as a Chicago Bear, what's he playing for uh, next season? Is it a backup role somewhere else? Is there a chance that he could be trying to make a case for someone to bring him in for at least for a quarterback competition yet again? What do you think is on the table for Andy Dalton this week if he does get to play? You know, I think he still has some football left in him.
1: I know that Pittsburgh's going to be having an opening. Not that he would go to an AFC North team, obviously playing with the Bengals for as long as he did. But, you know, like I'm looking at Cleveland's situation right now. Baker Mayfield isn't the answer, I don't think, just seeing how he's played and the situation that's going on there. But I think Andy Dalton does still have, you know, tape to show, see what he's capable of. And and I think every team that will look at Andy Dalton and seeing like he had a four-interception game against the Cardinals, Like, Hey, it wasn't Matt Nagy's offense, so can we put that out there so you know uh, know, maybe gives him a little leeway there? But he definitely does have something to show because I think there is still football left in Andy Dalton.
2: If Mike Glennon can still have a job in the NFL, Andy Dalton can find a contract next year, starting or backup. It doesn't matter. Uh, If Mike Glennon is still around, Andy Dalton can definitely has a little bit to play for here this week. I don't think it'll change anyone's opinion one way or the other, but still, if he can put out a really good game that can maybe, you know, elevate his floor for a price, at least for him personally, this off season. And I wouldn't sleep on him going to the Steelers. I know he played in the AFC North, but what Brett Favre did, right? He went to the Vikings. He went to the NFC North. It can happen. You never know. Uh, But Mason, over to you. Offense, anything you're looking to or any keys or honestly, whatever you want to say about this unit before we move on to defense, the floor is yours. Yeah,
0: so first of all, in that Andy Dalton conversation, I think he definitely could be playing for a competition to start. I mean, just look around the NFL. Nick named a couple of spots already. You add in the Washington football team whose team team is announcing their new name on, I think, February 2nd. So if you're interested in that, you could keep an eye Is Heineke the answer there? I mean, there's just... And I'm not a necessarily an NFL draft expert by any stretch of the imagination, but from what I've heard, what I've seen, the incoming group of quarterbacks is not inspiring a ton of excitement in in people. You see what's happened with Trevor Lawrence, with Zach Wilson. He's gotten a little bit better with Justin Fields. Are you confident as, as a head coach, as a team, to start some of these quarterbacks coming in their rookie year? So I think Andy Dalton's going to get a job somewhere. It's just a matter of, you know, what's his situation. But in terms of the game that we have coming up, um, I'll look more specifically at players, um, in ter- because I think that's really where we should be focusing. Just player, what can we see from them? It's limited, of course, because of the offense they're playing in, but I like what you know we saw out of Darnell Mooney in over in, in the last couple of games. Drops have gone down. He had that one catch where you know he drug defenders for like five or ten yards. Uh, that was big for him because that's not something we necessarily saw. I'm looking f- at a Larry Borum who hopefully again gets to start. Because, uh, you know, the question is, is he going to be your long-term right tackle? Uh, do you, maybe people talk about kicking him inside because do you try to invest more heavily in left tackle, like a veteran named Tevin over to right. So, like, what, what do you have in a Larry Boreham? Is he a starter for the foreseeable future? Uh, because it, the Bears have, d- have done that past, right? Charles Leno, late round guy. Really solid for the Bears for a while and actually just got a new contract with the Washington football team. Keep talking this is now a Washington football team podcast, apparently. Um <laughs> and and prove that he he can still be a reliable star. So, you know, you can get those diamonds in the in the rough, and maybe Lori Borg can be that. And one of the most you know, maligned players on the offense, uh, that's going to be here next year, Cole Komet. Where is he? What is he? Is can he be a that second tier of tight end, right? He's not a Kelsey, he's not a Kittle, but Can he be someone that's reliable and get you catches downfield and not just be a blocker? Um, We won't have all of those answers out in this game, of course, because, again, of the offense that they're playing in. But can you see flashes? Can you just see one or two plays that make you think and going into the offseason, okay, there's something there to work on. And, you know, we just got to get the right offensive minds in here to take advantage of those flashes.
2: All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our offensive talk. Up next, we're going to switch our focus to this Bears defense and Sean Desai's unit, who's, I think, playing pretty well over the last couple of weeks. But, Nick, before we do, I know you have a message for our listeners from our pals over at Owen.
1: Yes, I do. And Owen, which, you know, we'll just mention there, stands for Only What You Need. And as you guys know, Owen and the Chicago Audible have partnered up, and you can get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com with the code TCA20. So definitely go check it out. I have the No Nut buttercup, One of the best ones. Actually, it's my new favorite one. Um, my girlfriend had it yesterday. She loved it. But So definitely go check that out and use the code TCA20 to get uh, 20% off your first purchase. But I also have to tell you about the awesome contest that Owen has going on right now. Right now, they're giving uh, you an opportunity to win an autographed Justin Fields jersey and cleats. And one grand prize winner will win all of that. But if you don't get the grand prize, there's also two second prize winners. And you'll get a signed official football. And if you don't get that, there's four third prize winners. And you can get an autographed jersey. So these are all amazing prizes. And again, there's multiple times for you to win them. But you're probably wondering, how do I get in on this? Super simple. All you have to do is go to liveowenowyncom forward slash Justin Fields forward slash. So you just type in your name. You'll see Justin Fields. He'll be posing with one of these Owen shakes right here. And you type in your first name and your email and you're entered. So go do that. Tell your family members, your friends, your grandmother, whoever it is, tell them to enter it in and just go to liveowen.com forward slash Justin Fields forward slash. Check it out. Get some products at Owen. Use that code TCA20. But good luck, everybody, because they have some amazing prizes.
2: Excellent stuff. I wish I, I can enter that. I don't think I can because I'm on the show, but I want some signed Justin Fields memorabilia, so definitely check that out, Bears fans. Uh, I'm your host I'm joined by my co-host, Nicholas Moriano and Mason West. This is the Chicago Audible podcast, and we're sharing our final Bears game preview of the year, and it's time for us to go ahead and discuss the defense. And I don't know about you guys, but I may have had a little bit too much fun watching Sean Desai's unit dominate Mike Glennon and that Giants offense. You know, they played with a smash mouth attitude and that's the way Bears defense is supposed to be played. At least that's what somebody once told me. You guys get it. See, I'm bringing back the dad dad jokes already. So, we talked about on the offense, you know, that we're hoping to see some of these younger players end it on a strong note. Are there any players in general that you want to kind of see do the same over here on defense? You know, I can name a few as well. Uh just looking at guys like a Travis Gibson, if we can and get Thomas Graham Jr. out there, those are t- top 2 probably on my list but Mason I want to kind of hand it over to you because uh, I thought you did a great job of highlighting a few offensive guys you want to see kind of stand out and at least get some good momentum into the off season. who are those players on defense
0: some of the biggest ones are the the big names and this is a little different than on the offense because on the offensive side it's some more role guys that I haven't really established yet for some defense they have some of those players like I don't need to see more from Roquan Smith he's good he said He's amazing. He should be a pro bowler, all that. But I want to see more splash, more panache, one could say, from a Jalen Johnson, right? I want to see a little more splash from an Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson, by the way, has played substantially better over the second half of the season. Let's keep that straight. Um, no, he's not getting the interceptions. He had he had that one touchdown taken away, which I still think is a fumble. That makes no sense to me. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry that that, made, that was ridiculous. But can, can they make some of those bigger game-changing plays? In today's NFL, it's just not enough anymore to be solid, unfortunately. You know, just, just simply denying, you know, receptions, uh, having, having a low pass rate against you. You need to be able to create a turnover here and there. Uh, you need, or you create a situation where someone else on your team can get that turnover. Uh, I think that was highlighted, for example, in the Deion Bush interception. Deion Bush, he made a great play on the ball but if you watch some of the other coverage that was going on around him, like there was thing in the pass rush too, there were some things that were happening that forced that throw to have to go, the timing to be a little funky. And it also helps when you're playing a Mike Lennon. Uh, but uh, yeah, some of those bigger names are, are gonna be important because, and the thing that's unfortunate is, I, part of that is I don't think you're gonna see some of those young guys, like I just don't know that we're gonna see a Thomas Graham, unfortunately. Um, and I will be curious to see what happens with between an Artie Burns and a Kendall Vildor one of them is gonna be on the team next year. I, I I just there aren't enough there's not enough money, there's not enough draft picks, et cetera, et cetera, to really bring in too many new people. So I you're gonna have someone like that in a competition role of some kind. So can one of them have a you know a good game, end this season with some momentum going into the off season and be in the competition at least for that cornerback two spot with some solid work in the off season.
2: How about you, Nick? Any others that kind of stand out? You know, I have pretty similar
1: analysis. But going to the safety position, like Deshaun Gibson's last year here on his contract, but Deion Bush has played pretty well filling in for now because DeAndre Houston Carson's been injured, andy Jackson's been out of the lineup, so you, you you've seen number twenty six out there and he's played pretty decently. So seeing how he ends his potentially last year with the Bears, or do the Bears you know re-sign him for a cheap, friendly deal? Um, That would be definitely a guy I would like to highlight. But Alec Ogletree is another guy. I know we've seen a lot of great things from Alec Ogletree. And, you know, another guy that was picked up off the streets, started off, what, training camp, getting interceptions like crazy back in the summer. But he's a guy that, you know, with Danny Trevathan injured, obviously not playing for, you know, the last, what, almost two months now, he's really – he's earned himself an opportunity to come back with the Bears next season. Don't know what that contract would look like, but seeing those guys that, um, you know, are are a little bit on the older side, but still have potential to be contributors on this 2022 Bears team, which I, I've been writing down to you guys in like notes, 2021 for like the past (laughs) We're we're six days into 2022, but I still haven't figured that out yet. But like, those are two guys that, you know, I'll be kind of looking at to see how they finish off this season because there's definitely question marks whether or not they will be back for next season.
2: And correct me if I'm wrong, but another guy that, Nick, you were high on come last off offseason who's uh, played well, at least last week, was Angelo Blackson.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's another guy as well, getting the safety. on on It wasn't Barkley, I don't believe. It was whoever the other running back is. But he's actually – he's you don't see a lot of Angelo Blackson number 90, but I think he's had a quite good season, and that's another guy that you can definitely pay attention to.
2: Uh, So looking at this game specifically, you know, the last time the Bears went up against the Vikings, they were, as we mentioned earlier, very shorthanded, needing to play backups for the entire secondary. But that unit still came to play, only surrendered 193 total yards and 17 points. Uh, They weren't the reason why the Bears lost that game. Now, do you guys expect similar results defensively? Uh, On paper, it should be easier to accomplish this week with starters back. But sometimes, you know, what you see on paper versus what actually happens in the game don't always correlate. Nick, what are your thoughts?
1: It's going to be, obviously, in Minnesota. I think, um, you know, the the Vikings obviously know what they couldn't accomplish in that first meeting against the Bears. And knowing that they were going against, you know, uh, entire backup secondary, I, I, I think they're going to be aggressive in this last game. I don't know if the Bears will necessarily replicate those results that they did last time they played the vikings despite having their starters but i think this is going to be a competitive game on both ends um from the vikings offense bears defense, and then you know likewise bears offense versus vikings defense especially because this is a quote-unquote a meaningless game these guys are not getting into the playoffs but i don't know if they'll quite replicate or keep what uh kirk cousins to the 87 passing yards i believe the lowest of i definitely this season i don't know if that's the lowest of his um time since he's been in minnesota but that was a really good performance by Sean Desai and what they game planned and how they really limited that explosive Vikings offense. They won't have Adam Thielen again, but still they have plenty of playmakers on that side.
2: Yeah, I, I know that for my fantasy football championship, but luckily I have other players that can step up. I think most of my bench is like IR now. So we'll see how it all comes down. But I'm in the running for one of our leagues, which is super Ooh. exciting. Mason's in the consolation. A bracket oh, there. Yeah. Well, I just, so many of
0: my teams are just destroyed by injury. Mm -hmm. I just checked out of like pretty much every league.
2: Wow. See, that surprises me with how passionate you get about fantasy football. But I understand it.
0: I just got destroyed. I had nothing to work with. Plus, I I did the the joke where I drafted Justin Fields early, like in every one of them. So that really hurts your team when in like the fourth round, fifth round, you're taking Fields.
2: (laughs) True. Uh, So, any other thoughts that you have about how this Bears defense stacks up this week Mason that Nick didn't hit on that you wanted to kind of add into the conversation? I don't think Kirk
0: Cousins is good. Um <laughs> it's it's just he's fine. Like it's it's weird cuz he will put up solid numbers in 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 random games or in even a couple games in a row but like there then there's just that one game where it's like you're not a good quarterback. And for whatever reason, especially against the Bears, that tends to to replicate itself. I, I think one of the reasons, now the Bears haven't stopped the run super well this year, but they've been right in the middle of the pack. But they've always done well at stopping Dalvin Cook. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that that's just because of his running style or if it's necessarily the scheme that the Vikings use compared to some of the other teams, but the Bears just do well. When you can bottle up Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins is, again, not go ahead and then you take away Adam Thielen who's one of his safety nets just because of you know chemistry that they do have there uh, they definitely don't have the tight end position locked down in terms of you know Irv Smith was, was out at, since the beginning of the year uh, They lock, Rudolph was, is now in the Giants they're using a couple different people just trying to figure out someone consistent Conklin's been okay so now really you're left with Justin Jefferson and Justin Jefferson is amazing he's fantastic but he can't be the entirety of the offense, especially when Kirk is not able to consistently get the ball to him in the, with the correct timing and things like that, he's Kirk Cousins is one of the epitome of quarterbacks where if you can get in his face or be in that that pocket and and rattle him a bit, he just tends to fall apart a little bit. So, and that's just what the Bears have done well. They've done well at creating pressure with four players only, or and Sean besides has done a good job of creating pressure from other areas and limiting how. Many people, he has to you know move out of coverage. You have the D line that steps up a lot, and Nick talks about Blackson. Blal Nichols has actually done pretty well for the last couple of games. Robert Quinn is just being the antithesis of what he was last year, uh, and obviously now currently holds the record for the Bears. Uh, they just do really well at putting pressure on the quarterback, and that helps your secondary out tremendously.
2: Nope, it sure does. All excellent points. Nick, anything else on this defense before we get into X-Factors? I'm pretty cleared away in my notes. The only
1: thing, uh, just looking at actually who is playing the slot cornerback position for the Bears this week, because I feel like it's been a revolving door for the the Bears in that position. We've seen Eddie Jackson play that role. So what, what do the Bears do there? Because K.J. Osborne, who I think, Mason, the last preview show I completely forgot, who KJ Osborne was, even though I'm like number 17s making plays. I haven't written down in all my notes and the name escaped me. I'm, I know KJ Osborne now just maybe keeping an eye on 17 and whoever's playing in the
2: slot there for the Bears. All right, let's get into those X factors for the final time of the 2021 season. I'll we'll start with this Bears offense. Uh, Mason, who is your X factor on this side of the ball?
0: X factor for the Bears, Bears offense. Uh, it's going to be Dar- Darnell Mooney um, at this point. I want to say like a Dave Montgomery, but we just talked the first half of the show. We talked about how we think Matt Nagy's going to pull out all the tricks, and I don't think the tricks are going to involve a lot of running. <laughs> I think it's gonna, I would imagine he's going to pretend like it's own his own version of, of Madden and just air it out. So you one would imagine that you... Alan Robinson has been a shell of his former self. Add on to that, that he had. COVID, lost to 10 pounds. I mean, he actually played better than I thought he would not in the previous game with the Giants, but again, that's against the Giants. Cole Komet is a hit or miss. Marquise Goodwin, you question if he's still on the team. Tamir Bird had that <laughs> amazing catch against the Seahawks, but he'll get, what, two to three catches a game. It's it's like Mooney or Bust, basically, in terms of that passing game. So, if you can't take advantage of, of creating uh, good matchups for Darnell Mooney, then you're going to be
2: in trouble. I, I like that when I brought it over to you, you just... Look like brain melted. You're like, no, there's no X-Factors over here besides, like you said, Mooney. Like, that's ab- about it. Nick, anything different?
1: X-Factor, I would say the Bears' ability to hit on those explosive plays when the opportunities are there. Because, the, you know, the Bears missed some plays in that Giants game. Andy Dalton missed some throws that should have been made. One, two, Marquise Goodwin in, in the back of the end zone. If he leads him, that's a touchdown. If he's able to get more on that ball to Darnell Mooney, that's a 60-yard play. But, yes, the wind was out there. But, hey, Andy Dalton said in his post-game press conference the wind did not play a factor. So that's all in arm strength then. So he'll be indoors. He'll be, uh, you know, obviously in Minnesota indoors. So when the Bears have opportunities to make those explosive plays, someone that's been super inconsistent and hasn't been there all season, can they make them? Because I think there's opportunities to do that against this Viking secondary
2: all right moving over to the defense my x-factor I'm just gonna do the secondary in general can the quote starters live up to what their backups did last time or not and if they don't then Justin Jefferson Kirk Cousins maybe they get going a bit I know without Adam Thielen things are a little tougher Um, but still if we allow them to have an easier time in the back end this defense lapses in coverage things of that nature uh, I don't expect the Vikings to be as anemic uh, as they were a few weeks ago on Monday Night Football Nick how about you
1: i think the x factor because the mason you mentioned it the bears have haven't been the best at stopping the run and when you have dalvin cook you definitely have to be at at your best and i don't know if the bears are going to actually have akeem hicks for this one he has two did not practices in a row wednesday and thursday obviously we still have tomorrow to see if his stats gets better i would love to see you know akeem hicks play out his last game against the bears against a division rival right on the road see just what he can do but the x factor is like just seeing that defensive line if they can you know keep their gap integrity make it difficult for Dalvin cook like they have they have consistently when they faced them but that'll be the x factor take an element away from that offense and now you have to go kirk cousins to jefferson jefferson which easily can win you some games but i'll take my chances with one element of their offense as opposed to everything
2: Man, you know, that hurts my heart thinking that if Hicks doesn't play, we've already seen him for maybe the final time in a Chicago Bears uniform. Uh, I know covering his complete tenure in Chicago on this podcast has been an honor. Uh, Meeting him at training camp a couple times as a fan uh, was as well. I remember him grabbing my phone, taking a selfie with me, like no problems, no questions asked. Like such a great dude. And, man, that one one will take a while to kind of just, like, process, I think, uh, if that ends up being the exact case. Um, but Mason, before I get a little too upset over here, uh, any uh, X factor on defense that you'd like to share?
0: I'm going to connect to something Nick talked about earlier: is that slot defense. Uh, if you look back again, second drive of that last Vikings Bears game, they had Dion Bush matched up against Justin Jefferson, uh, pretty far off of him. If you and he was lined up in the end zone, Justin Jefferson basically just ran right at him, made a quick cut. Dion Bush's feet weren't set well, and he was able to make that out cut uh, towards the sideline, and a pretty easy completion there. I don't expect that to be the way they defend that this time. I would think there might be the shadowing, like maybe of a Jalen Johnson on, on a Justin Jefferson consistently. Um, but if they don't do that, but if they don't do that, if they decide to let Justin sort of, excuse me, Jalen Johnson play outside, how do you defend that slot? Are you going to have your safety be 15 yards off when you're in the red zone just like they did last time, uh, are you going to have a, you know, your slot corner be in charge of that? It'll be really interesting to see how they match up, uh, because, they've been taken advantage of in, in the slot, to say the least, throughout the entirety of the season.
2: All right. That takes us to our backbreaker matchups, the final ones of the year. And Actually, I'm going to go to the defense because, Mason, you have that. And I don't know, are you just going to go with the same kind of matchup you just kind of highlighted? Seems like it would be pretty low-hanging fruit.
0: I, I mean, honestly, like, it is it is it's a big deal. It's I'm going to have to go with it. It's, that's literally where you're going to get destroyed. I just don't see... Especially with Adam Thielen out, if you're the Vikings and you have any inclination to win this game, why you wouldn't just attack the slot all day? You would just have Justin Jefferson chill in the slot. You would move Conklin there, you know, just try to create those mismatches. And it boils down to it's a chess game, right? If you're Sean Desai, can you get your the right package out there in order to to match up well? Or do you end up stuck in a funky position where you have your safety defending Justin Jefferson? Where you have, you know, Alec Ogletree defending Conklin in the slot or maybe you, it's even worse and you end up having your luck, you know, your, your slot corner being bodied in the corner of the end zone against the tight end. So it's going to, it's going to be an interesting matchup. Like I already said that. And, uh, but I, I just, it can't be, man, that's that position needs to be revamped so bad in the off season. Um, yeah. It's the slot corner.
2: <laughs> we'll have great discussions about that. Uh, once we start getting to our off season episodes next week, I can't believe that's already here, and uh, damn. All right, uh, Nick, (laughs) going over to the offense, is it the Bears versus themselves? What do you got?
1: Wow, actually, I think that's better than the one I have written down, to be completely honest, because that's exactly who they lost to in the first matchup. But I do have um, DJ Wanham, number 98 for the Vikings. He was a guy that, one, finished with eight total tackles, seven of them were solo, so he tied for the lead in that, Respect when they played the Bears on Monday night. Uh, he was tied with Harrison Smith. He had all the Viking sacks, three of them in that game, two tackles for loss, and four QB hits. You got to watch out where number ninety at because he had a, a career day against the Bears, and that was against Justin Fields. And now you'll have most likely Andy Dalton, and now at, at center. So we'll see what the Bears can do, and that's going to be most primarily against Larry borum That's where you'll see uh, I'll just say DJ uh, line up at and. I think you just got to make sure to account for him. But I think another close second we're looking specifically at players is Harrison Smith. That's a guy that lines up across the line of scrimmage can change on any given time during a play. So you have to really watch out where number 22, they're all pro safeties at. So yeah, just watching those two guys on defense. um, Those will be back breaking matchups.
2: All right. Let's determine who has the edge and Mason. You're up first. And you have the Bears running offense, which I don't think David Montgomery's had uh, a lot of success on the ground. Three games with more than 60 yards, something like that. I have this at later in here. I'll find it. Uh, but anyway, versus the Vikings defense, who has the edge? Who has the
0: edge? It, it is the Bears. They're they, they are, their running offense is better than the Vikings run, run rushing defense. The question ends up becoming, does Matt Nagy, Bill Lazor use the running game effectively? That's, that's the real question, which has to be labeled thrown in there. And we talked about this already. Last game, I think Nagy's probably going to maybe not be calling the plays, but at least have some say, like, hey, let's let's do this, let's do that a little bit, Bill. So I think he's going to go out with a bang, and I just don't think he's going to use Dave Montgomery as much as we want, at least in the past game. He's not going to filter in a Khalil Herbert like I've been pounding the table for. And just because the lack of usage there you're going to end up having to now give the advantage to the Vikings defense.
2: And don't say you didn't ask for it. I remember about 40 minutes ago you said, you know David Montgomery can catch a ball and run three yards. You want to see other things. So don't say you didn't ask for it.
0: This is true. This is true.
2: (laughs) All right, Nick, a Bears passing attack with whoever lines up under center uh, this week. Maybe Matt Nagy will suit up in this finale versus this Vikings pass defense. It
1: should be the Bears, but that that would be kind of weird because the bears didn't even honestly in that giants game it got out of hand pretty quickly but it wasn't because the bears were stellar on offense like that wasn't really the case they had some short fields to work with uh, yes it was outdoors but i need to see if Annie Dolan can hit some of those those bigger plays when when they're there to be made and he didn't do that last week obviously the game before that when he played was the arizona game clearly didn't do it in that one either is he gonna do it in his last game with the bears I'm going to say yes. He goes out with a bang, so I'll give it to the Bears in this regard. Bears passing attack over the Vikings pass defense.
2: All right. Mason, back to you for the Bears defense. Their run D versus that Vikings rushing attack, and I think you hit it right. Like Historically, pretty good against Alvin Cook. And I don't
0: see any reason why that's going to change. Uh, having Akeem Hicks out there would be fantastic. Uh, he Maybe he'll make a pretty solid go of it, considering it's the final game of the season and final game of – in his Bears career. And so all of a sudden, he'll, he'll pop off that injury list right before the game starts. But uh, even without him, you know, Atanga has done pretty well. Uh, Goldman's hit or miss right now in terms of stuffing the center. But then you see the other guys stepping up Bilal Nichols, Roquan Smith flying all over the place. Robert Quinn, I mean, his pursuit, and we've been saying this all year long, is, is pretty astounding. And they just consistently have the, the magic touch in terms of reducing this this Vikings rush run running game. So I don't see a reason why that's all of a sudden going to stop now, uh, especially just because it's, we talked about, I talked about this earlier. This game seems to be, it's going to be a little more of a battle of the will who just wants to win this game. And it really does feel like the the bears really do like, if not love Nagy as a coach, they want to keep playing for him, the, for the remainder of him as of the season. I don't know that I get the same feeling for the Vikings and Zimmer, uh, his, his, <laughs> His press conference uh, regarding Kellen Mond was a fun one. If you didn't hear (laughs) those clips, you got to listen to it. It it was just so dismissive uh, about that whole thought process. But, yeah, so long story short, giving it to the uh, Bears defense.
2: All right. And, Nick, to give the last edge of the season, the Bears pass defense versus that Kirk Cousins and their passing attack.
1: Their passing attack that couldn't do anything against an entire backup secondary the first time. 12 of 24 87 yards, two touchdowns and an interception for Kirk Cousins. I'll give it to the Bears. The Bears have been playing a lot better on defense as of late. They are playing for Matt Nagy. They they do uh, it seems like every player you talk to, I don't think they would say any different anyway in the public in their public eyes, but I I do think that they're going to go out and play one last one last game that they can be proud of and before they, you know, his coach eventually, their coach eventually gets sent off but i'm gonna give it to the bears here they, they couldn't do anything in the first matchup and like i said i don't think it's going to be quite that good in this in this last season finale but i still think it's going to be a good performance
2: by that entire um secondary that entire pass defense all right uh so up next we're going to give our final predictions of the year at least game predictions uh, we'll do off season predictions uh don't you worry but first uh, Mason, do you have uh, another sponsor of the show that you want to kind of highlight here and they're called Element?
0: Yeah. So we're fortunate enough that we get to do a giveaway uh, with Element, spelled L-M-N-T. It's a product I've been using now for, I don't know, about a year and a half. Uh, it's big in the paleo and keto community. Uh, one of the co-founders is Rob Wolf, who is really someone who pushed the paleo diet really, really heavily. And that's just because it really helps uh, substitute some of the things that you might be missing in that diet. but I am finding using it, and they've been finding this a lot with some of the research they're doing. That it's great for the everyday person. You know, in general, we're admonished to reduce our sodium intake, particularly for our cardiovascular health. And this practice has proven to be pretty ineffective in mitigating health issues such as hypertension. Uh, finding this is untrue. If anything, we are severely lacking our electrolytes, including you know sodium, potassium, magnesium. The likelihood of health problems was quite high in individuals consuming less than two grams of sodium per day the lowest rate of events was at about five grams of sodium intake. In our reality, it is too much sugar killing us, not salt. Uh, vigorous exercise, warm, hot weather, and do sweat production, which contains both water and electrolytes. If you're an active athlete or even someone just with an active job, you can lose up to four to 10 liters of water and 3,500 to 7,000 milligrams of sodium. And we're not replacing that because our diet, we're told don't have the salt, take it out, you know, don't add it to your food, all these things. And when you have that, when you don't, going back to, you know, bio 101 here, when you don't have salts, you can't absorb water. That's why you just pee it out, to be completely honest. And decreased magnesium can lead to muscle cramps, fatigue, osteoporosis, high blood pressure. And when you compare some of the popular energy drinks flowing around right now, right, they'll have 230 milligrams of sodium. Element has 1,000 milligrams. 65 milligrams of potassium in these energy drinks, 200 in Element, zero magnesium in some of these energy drinks, and Element has 60. And one of the biggest shifts is that these drinks will have up to 29,000 milligrams of sugar. Element has zero, but it still tastes awesome. Like They have all mm-hmm. these cool flavors, citrus, raspberry. Uh, we'll just uh, try the mint chocolate, which is actually awesome because it's kind of this great before bedtime one that just makes you feel all cozy. Uh, mm-hmm. Normally, the tagline for Element is stay salty, but this winter they have introduced their mint chocolate flavor and want us all to stay cozy. And as a physical therapist, I believe motion is lotion and want to make sure all Bears fans are as happy and healthy as possible. Element wants to help and wants to do a giveaway of their mint chocolate pack. So tonight, I'm going to tweet out a picture of my little element hoard that I have. And to enter the giveaway, all I want you to do, retweet a picture, a video of you being active, right? This can be during or after an intense workout. This could be a brisk walk. It's going be playing with your dog, you know, even you at your job, you know, at the construction site. I don't care what it is. Just show that you are trying to be the you know healthiest, happiest individual that you can be. We'll pick a winner and we can uh, announce it at the postgame.
2: Love it. Yeah, no, it tastes delicious. Uh, no wonder why I felt kind of like, you know, you said comforted like afterward. And that's how I felt after I got that like tired, but just like calm and. Like you said, no sugar and the salt is like, it's not like too salty at all. Even though I tried like the lowest amount of water that's recommended, which is like salty AF uh, is how they, uh, kind of label out at least the 16 ounces I mixed it with, but it was real good. And with the chocolate too, like salt and chocolate just kind of go hand in hand. So that was delicious. So watch for Mason's tweet. I'm sure we'll share it over on our account as well. And, uh, I can't wait to give away some super healthy products here come Sunday afternoon. But guys, it's time to get into our final predictions of the season. And I kind of had some fun with these here today, uh, just with a couple of different types. Uh, so I have three over-unders. Uh, my first one is, and again, I don't I don't know if stats really matter, but 70 rushing yards for David Montgomery. Uh, I did this because, as you guys said, is Matt Nagy really going to run the ball? Uh, David Montgomery has only ran for 70 or more yards three times all year, uh, once since week nine. Uh, does he do it here or not nick i think he
1: does the uh, season or it wasn't season found but the last time the bears
2: played the vikings
1: in minnesota david montgomery had one of his better games of his career and you know that's the one guy too matt nagy has a really good relationship with david montgomery so i do expect him to be a little bit more pass happy but man i think he also wants to give david montgomery a few carries in this one for the last time of his Bears career so i'll go over all right mason
0: i'm gonna say under I just, I just feel like he's going to be whipping the ball over. If you had said total yards and it was like, you know, that 70, 80, I would have, I would have hopped in on there with you. But the, the running, I I just feel like the Vikings are going to try to stop the run, too, like the few times they do run it, and that'll hold them under there.
2: Yeah, no, I want to at least make this one kind of difficult. Uh, back to you, Mason, over under uh, 30% conversion on third down for this Bears offense. Sad the bar needs to be so low, but that's – Higher, much higher than they were the last time to play the Vikings.
0: I think I'll say, I'll say over. Um, I think that there's going, the bears are going to move the ball a little better than we think they're going to. And so some of the drives are going to end not on third or even a fourth down. They're going to end because of an interception, even, and that's going to change (laughs) the, uh, that, that, that conversion percentage there too. I'll go over
2: Nick. Uh,
1: what, they finished two of twelve last time, <laughs> so yeah. they set the bar pretty low in that first game. Um, I'll go over though. I'll go over as well. Um, I think Annie Dalton. Maybe it's well, yeah. I'll stay over. I won't even give a really good explanation as to why. I just That's think fine.
2: it's fine. It's the finale. <laughs> we're just kind of going through it here. We're not that we're going through the motions, like. But the stats really don't matter at the end of the day. Um, but the last one I have for over under, Nick, I'll go do first. Uh, two touchdowns surrendered by this Bears defense. I'll go
1: over. I think it's going to be a better performance by the Vikings in this one, so I'll go over the two touchdowns. Mason?
0: Go over. It's, uh, again, just YOLO. It's going to go ham, and there's going to be some funky you know, touchdown that pops off.
2: All right. I have a couple players for feast or famine in this season finale. Nick, Alan Robinson, uh, as Mason said, not the year we all hope for, for him, but in what could be his final game as a Chicago Bear as well. Uh, does he feast or is he going to suffer through another famine? I think he suffers,
1: unfortunately, you guys. He just, even like last week, it seemed like Andy Dalton and him were, the interception that Dalton threw, that was targeted to Allen Robinson. There was one where it was nearly intercepted again. Just hasn't been in the offense enough as of late. So I think
2: um, famine, uh, Robinson kind of starves here. You know, I didn't mean like, I know he lost weight from COVID. So this has nothing to do with that. I, I feel bad now, like thinking it through. I'm like, eee, this may be poor taste, but I have other players listed. Don't worry. He's not alone. But I thought uh, I didn't want to do Darnell Mooney. Cause I think we all would have said feast. And I was trying to think of a player that maybe we can debate, but Mason, is there a debate?
0: No, absolutely not. There's been nothing shown that for there to be any difference. You're not playing the giants. You know, it's, literally the entire history of this year you would have to go pretty contrarian to you think he's gonna put on those 10 pounds
2: all right <laughs> uh jesus christ all right <laughs> feast for famine uh, i have cole comet as well uh quickly nick feast or famine i'll go feast i like it uh, i'm hopeful as well mason feast nice defense mason feast or famine for Alec tree feast nick I'll go feast as well. And the last one I have is Eddie Jackson. Feast or famine, Nick? Going feast here. It's happening. <laughs> What's that mean? What's happening? I've got, got to wait. Oh, got to wait. okay. All right. Mason.
0: Famine in terms of
2: stats. Feast in terms of. He, he I mean, he's making a positive
0: impact with his general play and where he's at on the field and what he's asked to do. But you're going to look at the stat line, and you're not going to be like,
2: oh, my gosh,
0: he had, like, two interceptions and three PBUs.
2: All right. Fair enough. True or false, Robert Quinn will extend his Bears single-season sack record. Nick? We'll go true on that one. Mason? True.
0: Nothing is stopping him.
2: All right. And another true or false, this is Allen Robinson, Andy Dalton, Jimmy Graham, and uh, I'll throw in Deshaun Gibson's final game as a Chicago Bear. It's a long Ooh. one, I know, but I wanted to see if you would combat it or not. So, okay, uh, say okay. the names one more time. Sure. Uh, Allen Robinson, Jimmy Graham, Deshaun Gibson, and I th- think I said Alec Ogletree. I may not have. Deshaun uh, Gibson. Deshaun Gibson. Okay. There you go. Those. Three or four. I had one name, and it was Allen Robinson. I felt bad for throwing him under the bus yet again. Uh, so <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to think of other players that probably won't be here next year. Is there anyone out of those players I said that you expect to be back? How about that?
0: Okay, out of those four, if you take out if you take out Tree, I don't think any of those four will be back.
2: Nick, same here, and I'll throw in Akeem Hicks. Unfortunately, I was trying not to bring that one up again.
0: I appreciate you're going to start making Will cry, Nick. Stop it. <laughs> I just brought him it back.
2: <laughs> it's it's tough that one's a tough one but i've we've been through tougher i think as bears fans though over the past decade plus you know lance briggs brian urlacher right throughout those you know charles tillman like we endure it it's a business we know how it goes but it still doesn't sure. make it any easier all right but let's get into our final bold predictions of the season uh, my last bold prediction my first one in two months but my last one of the year feels weird saying that but I'm going to give a 100-yard, one-touchdown receiving day for Cole Komet. Uh, he's only had more than 49 yard receiving three times all year, and one of those times was against the Vikings. So I'm going to say career day for Cole Komet is my bold prediction with a stat line of at least 100 yards receiving and one touchdown. How about you, Nick? All right, I
1: got the Bears scoring a touchdown in all three phases. Cole Komet receiving his first touchdown of the season in this game could have had it if David Montgomery knew how to throw throw ball. Um, you get a defensive touchdown from Eddie Jackson, finally getting a touchdown. Got one taken away last week um, with the fumble because of the runner's momentum stop or whatever it was that they they ruled on the field. And then Khalil Herbert, where he may get an opportunity because Jakeem Grant is on IR. He'll get the kick return, so he'll get a touchdown. So offense, defense, special teams all doing their part in playing that Um you know, just all collaboration that Matt and Aggie likes to talk about. Um,
2: so that's what will happen for my. Bowl. You're leaving it all on the table. I like it. Yes, I am. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Mason, what's your bold prediction? Man, you basically stole mine. Not gonna
0: lie. Uh, Cole Komet burned me last last week. He ruined my parlay because if he had gotten six more yards, I would have won like five thousand dollars. So I what? was, I was going, Yeah, I had a, like a twelve parlay thing going. If that Montgomery pass had just been online, killing me. Yeah. Um, but so I had him at 60 yards and a touchdown, which just a touchdown is bold, right? For Cole Komet, since he's over.
2: Yeah. See, I would have black mirrored him and just blocked him, like, from my mind after that <laughs> happened. Uh, if, if it was that close, like, six oof, yards. Yeah, six yards. Like, wow. Damn. That, 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 sucks. that hurts. That, that hurts. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh. Uh, so what's our not-so-bold predictions? Mine is going to be the Bears will score a touchdown on 50% of their red zone trips, uh, which almost can constitute as a bold prediction. Uh, the last time was 20% against Minnesota, uh, but that's still less than the average, the 50% I'm hoping for uh, that Minnesota allows this year, which is 57%. It's so almost 60%. Uh, so just get the, you know score half the time you're down there, and I will be okay with that. Nick, what's your not-so-bold prediction?
1: I have the Bears – Using the Wildcat formation as my not-so-bold prediction because the Bears love the Wildcat formation. And actually, I think it's got a, a little bit of a bad rep because, of again, it's the Wildcat. But I, I'm curious to see what their yards per carry total is when they actually run it. I'm actually working on that for spoilers. But, uh, yeah, so not-so-bold prediction. The Bears will use the Wildcat formation.
2: All right. Who will be the final MVB? of the season i'm gonna go with an easy tried and true pick here because it's been a while and i'm just kind of dipping my toes back in the water with the roquan smith you know mr underrated himself mr Overlooked across the entire national football league we haven't even really talked about him throughout this episode. It's just because he's so consistently damn good. You don't have to, but I think he's going to be our best player defensively. A big reason why he can shut down Dalvin Cook yet again, helping across that defense in terms of the passing game too. So I think Roquan will be uh, the most valuable bear for the last game of the year. Mason, how about you?
0: Uh, not to be a Debbie Downer, but this game to me is irrelevant. It's erroneous. Yes. Uh, it, so I'm looking at what's going to be more important and i'm using the entirety of the day i think by the end of the day sunday so by by 12 by midnight we will get an announcement george mccaskey most viable bear making the decision that needs to be made and is going to be announcing the you know the letting go of both matt Nagy and ryan pace and a full reset for the bears
2: so not only do we get the news before black monday but we'll hear it from george himself
0: yeah, he's actually going to hop on Bear's Twitter and do a live video, and uh, he's going to be like too close to the camera because he doesn't really know how to use it.
2: <laughs> I like it. We can try to get him on our show to break the news. That would that'd be big for us. Even Never happen, Right? Um, Nick, who is your final MVB prediction?
1: Well, I originally had Justin Fields, so I had to scratch that,
2: and now we're going to go with Jalen Johnson,
1: who didn't get to play against a Justin Jefferson a few weeks ago, but now... Obviously, you know, he's going to be really, really just hyped up to play in this game because he's going against one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, and most likely he's going to be shadowing him for a good portion of this game. So I'm going to go with just or Justin Jefferson. I'm going to go with Jalen Johnson stopping, hopefully stopping, or trying to stop a Justin Jefferson.
2: Oh, man. All right. I like it. Let's uh, <laughs> move on to our game picks. Do you guys have any standings? They've been keeping those. I know Mason's been out a bit. I've been out. I, I didn't I'm, have I know I'm
1: winning. I'll just say that. I you know I'm losing. Don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know no idea. You guys stopped
2: asking me for mine after like a week, so I was like, okay. <laughs> like, I didn't even know what day of the week it was, like sleep deprivation with the baby. Like the Bears would be on. I'm like, it's Sunday? Like what is going on? Like I swear it was like Tuesday afternoon. Well, I knew like we were done games.
0: when there was a day like I had to like text you like before. The game. It was the Ravens game, I think. And I was like, or who do you think is going to win so we can have it for the standings? And then they announced Lamar Jackson wasn't playing. And you were like, can I change my pick? And I was like, yeah, okay, we're not doing this. (laughs) Apparently this isn't happening the rest of the season.
2: Yeah, no, we were all off. So standings don't matter at this point. We'll uh, we'll blame it on the baby. How about that? Sorry, Liam. But uh, my game pick for the final time, uh, I have the Bears 25, Minnesota 24, with the Bears winning with a two-point conversion yet again uh, to take the lead late uh, in the fourth quarter Uh, so that's where I'm at Nick how about yourself
1: I have the Bears 27 the Vikings 21 the Bears will close on a three-game winning streak for the first time this season they're getting hot at the right time you guys getting hot at the right time and you know uh, Bears football just love it but I have the Bears winning this last one in Minnesota
2: Mason what is your pick
0: I have the Bears winning twenty three to 13 two two point conversions, and a missed extra point for the Vikings. because It seems like they miss kicks all the time, so it just seems about right for the finale.
2: Phew! I thought you were putting that on Santos. I'm like, wow, that's 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 harsh. But I can't think- say
0: that on the Cody Parkey anniversary. I, I can't do that. Oh, that's yep. That's today. That is today. Double-going. Like Akeem Hicks.
1: Like, guys, <laughs> like,
2: do you want me back or not? Well, like, you're you're, stab, you're stabbing me in the heart, like, over and over and over again throughout this entire episode. Oof. Uh, but that means I care. Uh, so I think that's a good sign as well. Uh, confidence meter. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm sitting at about a 6.0. Uh, I'll give you know my details will be I think the Bears should have won the last game if they just would have been a little bit better on third down if they would have just converted in the red zone when they made it down there instead of going off of the field and so for that reason I'm just going to sit at a six again it doesn't really matter Uh, so I'm more than halfway confident Nick are you more confident or less confident than
1: me just a little bit more a little bit more I'm at six and a half that the Bears will take care of business since last game uh, a lot of the same things you said, Will. So I'll leave it at that. But six and a half that the Bears will win this game.
2: Mason, are you uh, at a ten because of you know by midnight, like George is going to make the move? So technically, you're just fully confident that's going to be a good day at the end of the day.
0: <laughs> Honestly, I'm saying ten just because. Probably that was a big. That was a big part of it. To be completely honest, I just think that whether whether it's by midnight of that night or in all close to reality Monday the next day. We're going to be on a new path for this Bears. It's going to be a slight rejuvenation, just because there's you know new excitement. There's there's new thought processes with the com- I love the combine. The combine's fun. I mean, it's stupid because half the drills make no sense. They're revamping it this next year, so that's going to be cool. But like, you got the combine. The draft's going to be exciting. There's just going to be this new feeling in the air, and it all has to unfortunately start with some bad news for certain individuals on a Monday. But also, like we've detailed in this, I just. Kirk Cousins isn't like good in terms of being a quarterback. I think Zimmer's kind of lost that team a little bit. Uh, he's just, he's a tough nosed guy, and that's good when you have a winning team just to keep that. But when you're on the other side of it and your team's not doing great, that can kind of rub you the wrong way versus the Bears truly like Nagy. I think you can see that. Um, based on how they're playing. And even if they're not playing for Nagy, the defense is playing for Desai. I mean, they, they love Desai there. Uh, they found ways to win with a putrid offense all year. I don't see why that would stop or change now. It's more about the the heart of either team more so than the skill level. And like I said, at the end of the day, as long as we're moving forward Sunday into Monday, that's a win for the Bears.
2: Yeah, you know, a win, maybe not on the field right now, but off the field to propel them into brighter days uh, ahead. I I appreciate that perspective, honestly. Uh, So it's time to wrap up and share our final thoughts. So let's go to Mason first. What are your final thoughts leading into this game?
0: This is not the year we were hoping for. Uh, and that's that's putting it lightly. You know, I, I know I was in the camp that I thought Justin Fields would be starting day one. That was one of my bold predictions going going into the season. Uh, the Bears had other thoughts. Uh, there's a lot to be desired with what was left on the field for Justin. There were spots of growth. There was negatives. There was there was, but there was some really positive things that we did that we did see. Um, and some of that's going to be on him. And I think he's the kind of worker that's going to put the time in in the off season. Right, one a full off season as an NFL player, um and some of it's going to be some of it's going to be helpful with the new coaching staff, as we kind of just alluded to at the end here. But it's also this game's gonna be a time for some reflection because it is the ending of an era. Like we were talking about Akeem Hicks literally Bear reincarnate. Uh wish he could come back, but I just don't see that happening. Um you're going to see some some tough decisions made this off season. Uh, Eddie Jack uh, and Eddie Jackson excuse me Uh, Eddie Goldman might be one of those things you got to talk about a James Daniels what's going on there you got to talk about Cody White here what's going on there Uh, there's just there's going to be a lot of change turnover thought process so look into this game and hopefully have some fond memories of what was with 2018 how exciting that season was and and the the energy that I feel like I know at least that I had in a year like that and the even the optimism i had and in going into a 2019 and everything, and uh again better better hopefully better times ahead better energy ahead uh and just closing of one chapter and starting another
2: yeah that's uh very well said mason nick how about yourself you know i won't
1: go as deep we still got a post-game show where i'll we de- will definitely highlight some of the bigger picture stuff that's going to happen immediately you know right after that game probably but i'm just gonna say the number 71 and that number is what Darnell Mooney needs to reach in terms of receiving yards to be a thousand-yard receiver. He talked about that in in Bears training camp what it meant to like be in that that realm of receiver. And I asked him on the Zoom press conference if that meant anything. He said no, but I know it does. I know he wants to be a thousand-yard receiver. So there's some individual performances that we can definitely see in this last game, uh, like Robert Quinn can extend that that sack season sack record uh, record in this game against Kirk Cousins. Darnell Mooney could be a thousand yard receiver. Roquan Smith can he's got 157 tackles. Get Who knows <laughs> with, with how he's playing. So just seeing for these individuals to see where they can, you know, what they can still make out of this final extra game that the Bears have in this final 2021 20, regular season finale. So we'll leave it at that.
2: Alright, yeah. We do have a game ahead of us, so it's interesting, right? You don't want to look too far ahead, but It's really hard not to uh, at this juncture because I'm kind of more where Mason's at in terms of just how I'm thinking about this team, you know, because it does feel like yesterday that we were welcoming Nagy with open arms. Nick, you and I were on that show. We were excited to get this, you know, up and coming offensive. I'm not going to use the word guru. We may have at the time, but offensive mind coming into Chicago, really changing some things, getting it from Kansas City after seeing what they were able to do over there as well. Just super excited. And then 2018 happened, and that optimism probably got amplified a bit uh, throughout that season as well. But since that point, like we've been just going down and down and down. It's just been a slow, painful death over the past couple of years, honestly. And now is the time for you know a restart, and I think that's really refreshing for us covering the team, fans watching the team, players inside that building, as well as his other personnel people. Uh, So I do believe, you know, as much as it hurts, you know, hey, a guy's losing his job, but he's made millions of dollars. So I don't feel all too bad for him in that regard. But, again, looking at this game ahead specifically, uh, there are a lot of young players worth watching, uh, some potential last players playing as a Chicago Bear this time. Uh, So kind of, you know, relish that in. If Hakeem does get a play, you know appreciate every moment he's out there even if it is only for a few different snaps uh every time Allen robinson catches a football just knows maybe the last one you see with him wearing number 12 in the navy and orange things like that that's how i think everyone should be approaching this game doesn't matter about the x's and o's really doesn't matter about the numbers at the end of the day if the bears win or lose you know draft position will change you know somewhat but not really uh as well maybe a few picks here and there but without a first rounder Does it really matter? I don't think so. Uh, But again, regardless, on top of all that, as a Bears fan, this is my last time watching my favorite team play football for about eight months. Uh, And I prefer, you know, games like this. Like, I hate going into a game knowing this is it. Like, it's the worst feeling in the world. Like, this is it. I would love to have a game with implications. Even last year when we kind of just soured out in the wild card. At least we had a chance. (laughs) At least we knew, like, we can play for another day. We don't get that this year, and I already miss it. Uh, So this is where we are. You know, I accept it, um, but I am looking forward to appreciating, relishing the moments, and then taking that, knowing what it was, and all right, how do we move forward, uh, you know, the best way uh, as an organization. And I'm excited, yet nervous, to see uh, what decisions are going to be made uh, from the top down there in Chicago. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Chicago Audible. Uh, I'm glad to be back. Uh, I hope that hearing my voice, you know, maybe put a smile on your face. You know, maybe you groan, you're like, oh, no, here comes Will. You know, whatever it is, you know, I'm just glad to be here uh, talking Chicago Bears football uh, with you yet again. Uh, Nick, are you, you're so on defense about going to this game or not, right?
1: I think there's a good chance I'll be there. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening.
2: All right, so we'll see what ends up happening, to quote Nick, about this post-game show. Uh, I'll make it work if we can make it all you know, work one last time for the 2021 season. You know, all crew, uh, all hands on deck to kind of finish things out would be, I think, tremendous uh, as we kind of get into a new groove uh, for 2022. Uh, so the next time you hear from us will be uh, soon after this Bears-Vikings game. You know, will we talk about a Bears win, a Bears loss, or are we just going to, you know, reminisce on what was and what's to come? I think we'll figure it out once we get there. Uh, But until next time, bear down, Chicago.